Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Brown, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Browns podcast for this Wednesday, January 11th. Whether you're listening while you're waiting for the Cavs game to tip off, or you're wait, you're listening Thursday morning on your ride into work. Thank you for taking some time with me to talk Browns as we are square at the beginning of the off season. And thankfully, the Browns aren't looking for a head coach, but man, if they had a lot of turnover in their coaching ranks. Uh, Five assistants fired, Uh, but a lot of what I said earlier in the week on Monday regarding the firings sticks today. Now, all the defensive firings shouldn't be surprising given that we have a new defensive coordinator in Greg Williams. Hale Hunter, the offensive line coach, didn't have a lot to work with this year, so the fact that he is kind of biting the bullet for that offensive line that had a lot of injuries and a lot of issues is a little concerning as Pep Hamilton is also on his way out on the offensive side of the ball. So two of Hugh Jackson's kind of big hires, Kirby Wilson kind of being the other along with Al Saunders, two of kind of his four big hires are now out the door after one season. But uh, I use the Ghetto Superstar song uh, by Maya and ODB and whoever else was on that song, uh, partially because it has a political bent to it. Um, I'll let you guys figure that all out. It was Kind of funny, kind of interesting. Um, But with everything going on in politics, and I'm not going to talk about politics specifically, um, but there is this idea that I think uh, politics is becoming more like sports fandom. And I wonder if sports fandom is becoming a little more like politics. And really, that's going to kind of be the topic for today's Lockdown Browns podcast. The idea in politics has often been that there's a right way of doing things. Generally speaking, that's a uh, conservative, again, right-wing, or uh, liberal left-wing kind of way of thinking. But there's this idea in politics that there is a right way to do things and wrong ways to do things. Uh, Most of the time, my way is the right way, and your way is the wrong way. And so we've seen that in politics all the time. That's nothing surprising. But in sports... I think we've become, uh, especially maybe as Browns fans, very um, dichotomous, very much uh, zero or one. There's the right way and the wrong way. And so I'm going to break that down a little bit. Is there a right right way and a wrong way? There's lots of ways to kind of look at that. And to start off with, I kind of want to just talk about what we saw um, from the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos had Peyton Manning as their quarterback, but he wasn't really actually Peyton Manning. Instead, 
He was a broke-down version of Peyton Manning. And they were led by a defense, by a dominant defender in Von Miller, a bunch of other really high-quality defenders, and they won the Super Bowl. So maybe that's the right way to do. Let's build a great defense. Let's go Baltimore Ravens, Chicago Bears. Let's build this great defense, and maybe we'll win the Super Bowl that way, right? And so this year, that's going to be everyone wanting to draft Miles Garrett and a safety uh, to sign in free agency, Trumaine Johnson or another safety, uh, bringing a linebacker. Just let's let's take the defense that has Danny Shelton and Jamie Collins and Emmanuel Ogba, and let's just jumpstart it to being one of the best defenses, best young defenses in the league. And I think that would be great. That would be a lot of fun. But our, but, but what about maybe if we look at so instead of just the Super Bowl champions, let's look at let's look at what has been in the playoffs this year, right? And so if the Browns want to win the playoffs or want to get to the playoffs, it's important to look at maybe who is in the playoffs. So in wildcard weekend, we had the Oakland Raiders against the Houston Texans. And obviously, Oakland without Derek Carr, kind of a big change there. But um, so Oakland was led by Derek Carr all year, Amari Cooper, a huge offensive line, uh, which will kind of be maybe something we see this year uh, as we kind of go through the playoff teams. Then you have the Houston Texans who made a horrible mistake giving Brock Osweiler a ton of money, which is maybe some of the reason I'm concerned about possibly trading for and then signing Jimmy Garoppolo to a huge deal. Maybe not. But the Houston Texans, who have a ton of wide receivers but a terrible quarterback situation, but have this amazingly great defense. Again, Jadavian Clowney, um, a bunch of other players uh, up and down their roster who can just make plays, that can just dominate. Whitney Merciless. All of those guys can make a lot of plays. And Houston won 27-14. Both of them made the playoffs. Oakland, based on their offense and this huge offensive line and a very good quarterback with a big arm. And Houston, with a bunch of really talented wide receivers, but a quarterback who couldn't get them the ball and a dominant defense. Then you have Detroit and Seattle. Detroit with Matthew Stafford, a guy who threw the ball all over the field, had zero, basically zero run game against Seattle with their pretty dominant defense, even without Earl Thomas, they have a very good defense, and a solid quarterback in Russell Wilson. Maybe not, not definitely not a game manager, but maybe not a top five kind of quarterback when it comes to carrying his team. Um, and they had a lot of uh, players that they you know were undrafted. Um, their offensive line was terrible. So different than Oakland or Dallas, which we'll talk about here in a second, they had a terrible offensive line. They really haven't invested many picks in their offense. They traded for Jimmy Graham, which is pretty much the highest pick uh, that they have is that trade trading that first round pick to get Jimmy Graham. Besides that, their offense really didn't have a lot of talent, but their defense did. And they had a run game that was really kind of carrying them. And Seattle's defense and terrible offensive line and Russell Wilson won 26 to 6. So, so far, at least in those two games, we have defense winning and defense winning. Miami and Pittsburgh, we obviously know Pittsburgh is a offense. It's an offensive juggernaut. Uh, Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, uh, just an amazing amount of talent on their offense. To be honest, their defense hasn't been that good this year or even really last year. And then Miami, 
um, they're a little bit of proof that you can overdraft a quarterback and do okay. Ryan Tannehill was not, I believe he was drafted eighth overall. He was not that good. So sometimes, again, we're looking at, is there a right way to do this? Sometimes you overdraft a quarterback and you get a Ryan Tannehill, and that's okay. It works. I mean, I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he's better than Russell Wilson. I'm not saying he's anywhere near Big Ben, but he's okay. And sometimes you overdraft a quarterback and you get Blaine Gabbert, or you get Ponder, you get EJ Manuel, those kind of guys. But Miami built a lot of, put a lot of money into their defense. Um with Ndamukong Sue, they have Cameron Wake, Kiko Alonso. Uh, they have a lot of players on defense. And Pittsburgh, offensive juggernaut, and Pittsburgh wins 30-12. to 12. And then we end with Green Bay and New York. Again, we didn't have a lot of good games in Wild Card Weekend. And so the Giants built around Eli Manning and three really good pass catchers in Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, and Victor Cruz. A struggling running game. And a lot of money uh, with uh, Janoris Jenkins, uh, with Vern, uh, Olivier Vern, Vernon, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, a bunch of other players on defense. So um, they kind of had a little bit of both. And then you have the Green Bay Packers, who have struggled mightily early in the season, came on strong, really built around Aaron Rodgers and their offensive weapons with just enough defense um, that they can withstand some of those things. And you have... A 38-13 win. So in Saturday's games, the defense has dominated. And in Sunday games, the offense have dominated. And so you have to ask yourself, so far, what do we know? And what we know, at least based on the wild card weekend, and we're going to talk about who's in the divisional round, so those that got the buys, is you need to have some type of dominance, right? And so when we look at kind of the teams playing that were the first or second seeds, you have Atlanta, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. Great. They've brought in a lot of speed with Vic Beasley, Keanu Neal. They've got they've added some speed there, but they also have a good running game um, with Devontae Freeman um, and the rest of kind of their running back group. I feel like I'm missing someone, and that's okay. Uh, there's another good name on their team uh, that's a running back. But Atlanta, um, high-powered offense. Speed on defense. Great. New England, we know, is built around Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Really haven't invested in weapons. So even as Ray Farmer has really not invested in weapons, New England hasn't either. But Tom Brady's made that okay because Rob Gronkowski's been enough. Um, Even as he struggles with all of his injuries, now a back injury, he's been enough. And they've had enough uh, talent on the front seven of their defense to make up for the fact that Bill Belichick doesn't seem to know how to draft defensive backs. And then you have Kansas City built on a dominant defense and Andy Reid's system making Alex Smith a good enough quarterback to make things happen. And the Dallas Cowboys built around a dominant run game, a dominant offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott, great offensive line. Really, when the season started, really you didn't see a lot of defense from Dallas. You didn't think you were going to have a good defense. But they've been able to piece things together. Sean Lee is an important part in the middle of their defense. Um, but that offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott, Des Bryant, uh, and aging Jason Witten have made Dak Prescott, a rookie quarterback who is limited, made him look really, really good. So what do we know? When we look at the matchups for this weekend, we have a defensive team in Seattle versus an offensive team in Atlanta. We have a defensive team in Houston against an 
offensive team in New England. Without Rob Gronkowski, maybe a little bit more difficult. We've got an offensive team in Pittsburgh versus a pretty strong defense in Kansas City. And then you have two kind of offensive teams, Green Bay and Dallas. Again, what it tells us is there may not be a right way to build a team. Is it necessary to have a quality quarterback? Absolutely. But could Cody Kessler be Alex Smith? Could he be Dak Prescott? Could he even be a Matt Ryan-type quarterback? He definitely could be better than Brock Osweiler or Tom Savage in Houston. So maybe that guy's on the Browns roster. I'm not saying he is. But again, if we want to argue and discuss how do you build a winning football team, we have to look at winning football teams. We can look back over the years, and yes, having a constant quarterback, having a Peyton Manning and a Tom Brady and a Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, having those guys have allowed your team to be very good and be playoff contenders for years to come. However, Houston has been competitive without a quarterback for the last couple of years. Kansas City has made it with Alex Smith. Not just this year, but they've been very good over the last couple of years because their defense is great, their system is great. Alex Smith is a part of all of that. Even Matt Ryan. There's some system issues there. There's some system with Kyle Shanahan that has made him and Julio Jones and the rest of that offense look so much better. So the question for the Browns, since this is the Locked On Browns podcast, and again, I am Jared Mueller, I'm your host. You can get a hold of me at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. The question that leaves for us, is there a right pick? Is there a right decision for the Cleveland Browns this year? There will be tons of people that will tell you, yes, it's Miles Garrett. He's the best talent in the in the draft by far. So you have to draft him. And you have to figure out the quarterback thing later. At number 12, at number 33, trade up. Who cares? I don't know, but Miles Garrett is the best player in the draft. You can't overdraft a quarterback. You can't magically make up a quarterback. That's not there. A number one quality quarterback. Alex Smith is an example of why I might disagree with you. Why I might say to you, it doesn't matter how good your defense is, and you can build your defense in many ways in this draft. When you look at this upcoming draft, where the Browns have needs outside a quarterback, this draft is actually very, very deep at those important positions. Edge rusher, cornerback, safety, center, those four positions, along with running back, which I don't see the Browns drafting, but they could just based on value. But those five positions with running back being an important part of that are some of the best and deepest parts of this draft. So the Browns could go with a quarterback at number one, and maybe a Derek Barnett is there for them at 12. Or maybe a Carl Lawson, who I really like out of Auburn, is there for them at 33. Who knows? Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson, there is so much edge talent in this draft. Now, all the declarations haven't come out yet, but there's so much talent that maybe the Browns just need to make sure they get their guy at quarterback, even though that means passing on Miles Garrett. And I'm not saying that's what I would do. What I am saying and what I'm encouraging you is to think, is to process information It's totally okay to have an idea of who you would want, what you would do. 
But the idea that there's only one way to build, the idea that there's only one right decision, seems, seems a little too political. It seems a little too dichotomous. It seems a little zero and one. It seems a little arrogant for me to tell you that I might bet the house on Deshaun Watson, even though I know, and we'll talk about this later down the road, down the road, even though I know he's probably from a talent perspective, not a top 10, maybe not even a top 15 player in this draft. I might bet my house on Deshaun Watson. I know this. I wouldn't bet against Deshaun Watson. The question is, will I bet on him? But in the end, to pretend like there's a right way. Listen, if Miles Garrett can make the kind of impact that a Jadavian Clowney, a Von Miller, a Joey Bosa can make, maybe Cody Kessler will be good enough. Maybe he'll be Brock Osweiler, Dak Prescott, Alex Smith. Or... Maybe, maybe Deshaun Watson, maybe Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Kaiser, Josh Allen if he comes out, Patrick Mahomes. Maybe they can be Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Big Ben, Aaron Rodgers. We don't know. When those players were drafted, we, we didn't know. Actually, when you look at the quarterbacks still left in this draft, none of them. None of them did we actually know for sure. There's few of those guys. There's very few Andrew Lux, even Jameis Winston. I don't see his name on quarterbacks that are still left in the playoffs. Neither of those guys, right? They were known guys. They're for sure great. They're not there anymore. They're not here this upcoming weekend. So, so again, am I arguing one side or the other? No. What I hope you get out of today's podcast is the idea that maybe, just maybe, there is no right way. But you have to draft talent. You can't have Buss. You can't have Johnny Menzel and Justin Gilbert again. You just can't. You have to draft talented players who want to play the game. What I know is that's Miles Garrett. What I know is that's Deshaun Watson, Mike Williams, and a ton of other guys, Leonard Fournette, uh, uh, Jamal Adams, the safety out of LSU, who I love, Buda Baker, the safety out of Washington, who I also love. We know that about a lot of players. They have to draft players well. And here's the little kicker. They need to keep their coaching staff around. Doesn't matter. If Hugh Jackson is fired next year, it absolutely doesn't matter who they draft this year or even last year. It doesn't matter because everything wants to start all over again. We all know what that looks like. So in the end, is there a right way to build a good NFL team? No. I don't believe there is. I believe you have to have a solid quarterback. But the reality is, is maybe a Cody Kessler. Heck, Tyrod Taylor, someone who I actually like if the Browns are able to acquire him cheap, whatever way that would work. Uh, Maybe even Robert Griffin III if he could ever stay healthy, which is doubtful. You need a quality quarterback. But based on the playoffs this year, based on Peyton Manning-led Denver Broncos Super Bowl champions, I don't know if you have to have the stud. What I do know is you have to be great at something. You have to be a great run defense. You have to be a great 
impactful uh, pass rush. You have to have the great secondary. You have to have the great quarterback. You have to have. You have to be great at something. You have to be able to throw the ball all over the field. You got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to do something or some things great. That might include a Miles Garrett for the Cleveland Browns next to Danny Shelton and Xavier Cooper and Emmanuel Ogbo with Jamie Collins, Christian Kirksey, and who knows at linebacker and hopefully some safety help, which is something I would love. Might look a lot like that. That can, could create a dominant defense. It also could look a lot like a Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Kaiser, whoever you like. I love Watson with those young receivers, including a re-signed Terrell Pryor. Set the valve at tight end. Maybe Gary Barnage is still there. Maybe you bring in another guy uh, who can do a little bit of both. O.J. Howard, bring in a center, which there should be a good one available in the second, third, fourth rounds, maybe in fifth rounds this year. And you have all these wide receivers, Corey Coleman, Terrell Pryor, Rashard Higgins, Ricardo Lewis, Jordan Payton. You have the tight ends. You have Duke Johnson, Isaiah Crowell. And maybe you become this great offense. But here's the thing. The Browns have to get it right. That doesn't mean right is there's only one way to get it right. So Browns fans, as we prep for this offseason, please realize this isn't politics. This is sports. This isn't religion. This is sports. There may not be one right way. So let's embrace that as we start to understand how this Browns team is going to be put together for the future. Let's embrace the opportunity to not be dichotomous, to, to really look in the gray areas of life, to not be a zero and one, but to understand there are numbers all over the place. Let's be open to that. Maybe you disagree with me, and that is okay. Please, I love communicating with you on Twitter, at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. That's the great thing about all of this. We don't have to agree and in the end, it's not that important. It's just fun. It's just awesome. And it's a whole lot of passion. So I thank you for stopping by this Locked on Browns podcast. And have a great night. And go Browns.